Welcome back to Allocation Disorder. This is episode, what, I think four officially now, or five, or five and a half, depending on how you count. I am Sam Stasekul. With me tonight, as always, is Paul Tenorio from, I believe, a Chicago that is getting rocked by a blizzard. So good luck to you, Paul. It is a beautiful, snowy night here in Chicago. It's one of those nights where it's like a light crystallized snow it's like actually very pretty and it's not sticking to the roads so right now i'm happy tomorrow morning i'm sure i'll wake up to uh shoveling my sidewalk and my car out which yeah it's nothing nothing like a late february to snow to completely break your spirit you know it's just like beautiful this time of year I i love that really soul crushing um but good news paul on the soul front mls is back this weekend so, you know, we are going to be fulfilled <laughs> and sustained and, you know, you might have to spend this week digging out your car and your driveway and all of those things. But, but man, we got some soccer this weekend and, you know, it felt, it feels like it wasn't, you know, hadn't been gone that long, but it's coming back. CCL has already been back. Uh, Atlanta advanced earlier. We're recording here on Tuesday night. Atlanta advanced to the quarterfinals and we'll see how the rest of the other four MLS teams do over the next couple of days. But the regular season starts on Saturday. Full slate of games this weekend. Uh, two new expansion teams making their debuts. Lots to talk about. Um, we're not actually going to really talk about any of those games, but, um, we are going to talk about, uh, our season I will predictions. Say, yeah. What will I you will say? say? I'm not shoveling, I'm not shoveling any cars out this weekend because I'm going to be at the best. Oh, you're going home. Sexiest opening game of the weekend. Orlando. Orlando City, <laughs> Real Salt Lake. And oh, if you man. can't understand why I chose that game. Well, then, then you don't know Paul. You. Yeah, you just don't, you don't, you don't get it. You just As we all know, Paul is from Orlando, Florida, his favorite city in the world, <laughs> his hometown. He's going back. He's probably going to eat a pork chop the size of his head. It's going to be amazing. Um, I actually am somewhat looking forward to that game in a weird way because I think we might see Giuseppe Rossi play in it, but let's, we're, we've already, how are we two minutes into the show and we've already like gone this far it's off track? Cause it's kind of the stay school Tenorio bowl, right? Like former stops in our life. And it's true. All big for you, Orlando yeah. for me. So it's kind of you know it works for this pod. So it's yeah. fine. It's okay. And, it was a ulti- tangent that made sense. Ultimately, no one wins that bowl game. But you know whatever. Um, so we do have we do have some things to talk about regarding the 2020 season and predictions and rosters and MVPs and betting odds, Paul. So let's let's just dive right in. Um, you know, last year you and I we we teamed up on the Athletic and we did a roster building power ranking article something something along those lines where we one took, of the many articles we, we actually don't write articles on our yeah own. we don't we don't it's just just co-bylines um Only but dual one of it. the one of the articles that we wrote last year just basically ranked every team's roster build um while accounting for the the m- amount of money they spent so how well did you spend given the resources that you had and I think we did that last May or June, and if I went back and read it today, I'd probably laugh at it. Um, I'm guessing we didn't look all that smart, but it's a. I think it's a good exercise, and I think it's one that we should do again. So, Paul, give me your give me your best and worst rosters with the money spent heading into the 2020 season. For me, the best roster with the money spent is NYCFC. You know, they're me not too. going. They're not going crazy with the money. There's no. 
mega deals here and omega transfer fees, and they have the best roster in the Eastern Conference by far, and I would say maybe the second or third best roster in all of MLS, in my opinion. So for the money, I think NYCFC is is number one, and I'm glad you agree because it means you're intelligent. So that's good. If you're agreeing <laughs> with me, you're on the right path. Wow. Um, yeah, no, I agree, and I will add a couple of things to what you said. I, I agree with everything you said. I will say – Matrice, I came with a hefty transfer fee at eight and a half million. Um, okay. it's, it's but a hefty relative. fee. It's a hefty fee. Even, even relative. That's pretty significant. Um, and, you know, bizarrely, one of their DPs, Jesus Medina, has been a pretty big bust. Now they're hopeful that he's gonna show some more of what he showed when Patrick Vieira was his head coach. Um, and he actually looked pretty good. They're hoping that he's gonna show that now that Domi Torrance gone and Ronnie Dela is, is in town. So we'll see. Um, but it's kind of amazing that we're saying these things about NYCFC when one of their three DPs has been a dud. Their TAM signings have been excellent. Um, you know, you look at Ring, Cayenne's, Chano, Tinnerholm, um, Eber, who looks like an absolute star. Um, you can go, you can go down the list. Those have been really good moves for them. Almost. Why, why you gotta leave Matarita off the board? Don't, <sighs> well, you, you know, know, I know I, you had a, it wasn't the greatest end to last season, but that was a pretty good signing overall, you know? We gotta give credit. It's a pretty you good. Your, you and your signing. Costa Ricans, man. You, you love It's those not my guys. fault. You know, it just happens to be that there are a yeah. lot of good Costa Ricans in the league. Can you imagine if one of them was from Orlando? You would go nuts. Um, but I do really like NYCFC. I think they have a deep roster. I think there's talent all over the field and they bring a lot back from the team that won the East in the regular season last year. Um, credit, I, credit to NYCFC. I mean, to get both of us to pick them. We have, by yeah. the way, I want to say something at the beginning of this. We haven't talked about any of our predictions here. We thought the show would be better. Yeah, we're going in blind. We didn't know yeah, the I do other want to say I do want to say one more thing about NYCFC. We can't agree on everything. Hopefully I do want to say fine. one more thing about NYCFC. It's ridiculous that they don't spend more money. Ridiculous. City Football Group, you have all the money in the world. You're in New York City. You need to go out and get a star, somebody that can resonate. I know it doesn't necessarily draw people out, but go out and get a real difference maker, someone that can put you over the top, one of the undisputed best teams in the league, and maybe you're winning trophies as opposed to doing really well in the regular season and then coming up short time and time again in the playoffs. Also, so. also they should do more Yanhel Herrera's. You know what I mean? Where they are uh, yeah. to be buying fair, those, players yeah. with Manchester City's numbers and then loaning them out to – NYCFC for like, you know, very low costs. Now there's, I don't want to, you know, that they say the league says, and the clubs say, and these are the two New York clubs that those numbers have to match. So the loan price has to be the legit loan price. They can't just stash a $10 million play on a hundred K budget charge, but we don't need to get into that. Um, uh, it is interesting that we're in agreement. Yes, NYCFC is also a free loan, right? Yeah, so like, right. You know, best best roster with the money spent. NYCFC, we're in agreement. Now let's get into the worst. Let's crap on some people, Paul. Who you got? I'm gonna go with Vancouver here. Um, not in love with that roster. Not in love with that roster. No, and they, you're not? they actually spent <laughs> they actually spent some money this this window. You know, they brought in Lucas Cavallini, right? They brought mm-hmm. him in. And, About and six yet, million, if I remember correctly. I look at this roster and I think they're going to struggle again, man. I mean, they have a a left back, right? That's a DP. Yeah, Ali I Adnan. Mean, yeah. There, there are some issues with this roster. There are some issues with the spending. 
maybe I look stupid for this prediction, but I, I just think, you know, to me it's the worst roster for the money spent, considering that they've actually gone and put a little bit of money into the into the team this year. Emphasis on a little bit. I don't think that's um I don't think you're gonna look stupid making that enough pick. To qualify. It, yeah, enough to qualify. I don't I don't think you're gonna make stupid. If anything, maybe someone could accuse you of being a little bit of harsh just considering that Vancouver does not spend a lot of money. But as you mentioned, they went out and they spent a little I want to throw an interesting one at you and I'm not totally convinced that this is the worst build relative to the money spent. Um it's certainly still incomplete. But man, Miami, I'm just I'm just not impressed, Paul. And they've spent a good amount of money. And maybe, maybe I, there's a good chance I will look stupid for saying this, right? And they do have one big move left to make, right? So again, like I said, it's incomplete, but I just, it's just not doing it for me, man. Like they've gone out, they've had all the money in the world, they've spent a lot. And I just don't really know if this is going to come together, um, in a good fashion for them off the bat. But people, here's my thing, and I think you're getting caught into this web as well. All of these names got connected to Miami by no fault of Miami. You know, like every single megastar in Europe is going to sign with Beckham's team. If you're reading anything from Europe, right, anything from England, this player is going to sign, that player is going to sign, this player is going to, everybody is going to sign with Inter Miami. And we know it's not possible under MLS rules for five, six, seven of these megastars to be signing with Inter Miami. And the reality is they're signing players who are in their prime, who they believe can contribute in the short term and in the long term and potentially be sold down the road. And I speak especially and specifically to Rodolfo Pizarro, who was brought in for $12 million. And they believe you think is Pizarro going, is going to be going sold to be down the road. A, I think he could be. I, I don't know that he will be, but I think he's he 25, 26 he already. Yeah, he's 25 years old. You tell me he can't sell him at 27 years old after two years in MLS. Of course you can. You can. You it's it's kind of hard. No European teams don't want to buy at that age for non, non European players. They want the 22, 23 year old man. You know that. Sure. I mean, I agree with that. All I'm saying is they're not necessarily going for the 33, 34, 35 year olds. Which, let's be yes. honest, yeah. when you talk about the biggest names, the biggest names mm-hmm. that have come to MLS, that's the age range you're looking. 32 is sure. the youngest you're going to get, I would say, if you're going mm. for megastars. Maybe 31, but point taken. Oh, my um, God. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm always here to correct you, Paul. Um, but but real, realistically. No, but, but honestly, like when we talk about. What if we they, they talk about one of those guys at no, number nine? But, but when we talk about money spent, 12 million for Rodolfo Pizarro, that's one of the highest transfer fees in league history, right? Sure. Is, it's is, an in your prime. Yeah, starter and, for and, the Mexican national team. Part-time starter and and not, and a part-time starter for his he club. Started what nine games last a year? A part-time starter for, for his club for Monterey, by the way. Right. So let's let's not let's not. I mean, he became that. a part-time starter while this drama happened. Let's be realistic here. Uh, all right. Well, maybe that's fair, but at the same time, he's not. You know, this isn't Carlos Vela. Right. I think that's fair to say. Sure. Right. You know, this isn't that profile of signing. I'm not saying he's a bad player. He's a good player. He should do awesome things in MLS. I have pretty much zero doubt that he will. Um, but to say that, you know, 12 million and I don't know how much they spent on, on the kids from Argentina. Um, 
I can't remember. I think you reported on those, so maybe you can uh, fill in the, yeah, fill in it's, the blanks it's, from here. It's, it's, a, it's not a crazy number. It's it's in that range, that 4 to $5 million range. That sure. Makes, so that when, sense, when you look right? at the transfer fee outlay, what are we talking? Say like 20-ish, right? Yeah, 15 I think to 20 so far they've spent probably in that range. Yeah. Right. That's a ton of money, man. That's a ton of money. And so when you look at... Like, I'm not saying they're a bad team. I'm about to pick them to make the playoffs here in a few minutes. Um, but, you know, relative to money spent, which is what we're doing here, um, I'm just like, uh, all right, I'm a little underwhelmed. And, and we'll see. I'll, I'll probably look like a jerk later. But um, no, I mean, it makes sense. Well, I, I understand the, first the argument you're making. I just think that I just think part of the discussion around Miami has been defined by players who are connected to them, many of whom have yeah. no real connection fair. to the club. I think that's fair. But I do think some of that, you know, you, you say Miami's blameless for that. I think some of that is a little on Miami, but we don't need to go down that I hole. I mean, they're going to embrace that. And, and, that's, that. and that's fine. Exactly. That's fine. All right. We've talked about that. Let's move on. Let's talk about MVP. Um, I have a pick. Who's yours? All right. I really struggled with this one because I think there's an obvious pick here. There's certainly an obvious best player in the league. Not yeah, knew who. You know, it's yeah, yeah on this show for sure. So I'm trying to think outside the box who could break into the scene because there's only ever been two player, one player, excuse me, one player in MLS history who's won two MVP awards, and that player is who? Uh, probably the guy the trophy's named for. No. No? Correct. Is it D-Row? No. It's even better than that. you got to go deeper into history. Uh, He won it in his 40s the second time. In his 40s? Uh, Might have been a year short of his 40s. Precky? Precky, my friend. Precky is the only two-time MVP winner in MLS history. And and so you have to remember that, right? There have been a lot of good players who have been good for multiple years, and there's, you know, they're, they've been surpassed in a season. And so I kind of was like, okay, who's a guy who can break out and who's good enough to put the numbers up to be better than Vela and, and even potentially better than Joseph Martinez? And so I picked Pithy Martinez, the 26th best, best player in MLS, according to our <laughs> friends at MLSsoccer.com. Wow. Um, Cheap shot. No. They ranked him 26. That's fine. I understand it, right? Last year he came. He was the South American Player of the Year. He probably was not the 26th best player and in he MLS was, last year. Uh, he, he underwhelmed, right? Yeah, he underwhelmed. Yeah. And and that's how people look at him now, right, in this mm-hmm. league. He's an underwhelming, expensive signing. And But when you when you think about the players in this league who are capable of changing the game every single week, and putting up the numbers every single week to be MVP, it's a very small bucket of players. And I think despite underperforming last year, despite underwhelming, he is a guy that I thought would be a nice little outsider pick to to take the MVP award. So I am going to go against history, and I'm going to pick Carlos Villa because I think, you know, he just, I mean, he was so good last year. If he puts up numbers that are half as good, like literally half the number of goals, half the number of assists, he might win the thing again this year. So, like, that's that's how far he could fall and still be up there for MVP. Um, that being said, you know, just knowing the history, as you just mentioned it, um, you know, only one two-time winner ever, and it being Precky probably 20 years ago now. I'm going to throw a couple of 
uh, I don't want to say dark horse because, you know, one of these guys played for Argentina in a World Cup, um, but a couple of other candidates at you. And one is Christian Pavone with the LA Galaxy. I think he's going to have a huge year for them. And the other is more of a dark horse. Um, Eber from New York City FC. Guy scored a hat trick in the CCL match in NYCFC's first CCL match. They play again on Wednesday night against San Carlos at, of course, Red Bull Arena. Um, kind of a fun one there. Um, but he scored a ton of goals for them last year and I could see him, I could see him making a run at the Golden Boot this year. And if he does, maybe he'll end up as MVP. You see, you come here, you get a little history lesson on allocation disorder. You get some dark horse picks. You can take to Vegas. We'll we get back to Vegas yet. later. Yeah. But our, is- our friends in the desert, as we like to say. Um, but right now, let's talk about playoffs, Paul. Let's, let's just run it down all the way, one through 13, east and west. Folks, um, this is what you bookmark, okay? To make right fun of us and to talk trash yes. about us on Twitter later this year. Take an audio screenshot. Right now. Yeah, we're not putting this in print because, you know, I've had to do that the last couple of years and it's just not fun. So we're just going to talk about it. And if you're, you know, if you remember this and you want to throw it in our face in October and and tweet it at us so we can have it. Paul, stop being such a coward. Stand by your predictions. Come on. Um, And on that note, give me your Eastern Conference. All right. I'm just going to run through it. Yeah. Okay. Run through it here. Or you want to go, you want to go back and forth? Let's do top top seven. So we'll do the playoff field and then, yeah. All right. Playoff field. Okay. I've got one to seven here. NYCFC. We're going to go. We're going to alternate. I also have NYCFC first and Atlanta second. Who do you have third? I like it. I have the Revs. How about that? Woo. You know, these are the two teams I thought were going to be surprises. I've got Columbus three. I got DC United okay. four. I've got Toronto four. Wow, you're much higher on Toronto much higher than I on am. DC than I am. Okay, I've got Miami I've got Columbus five. five. All right, I've got New England I have Miami six. six. Philly Red seven. seven. So that's that's our play and right there. For for both of us. I've got yeah, NYCFC, Atlanta, New England, Toronto, Columbus, Miami, and Red Bull. I've got NYCFC, Atlanta, Columbus, DC, United, Miami, New England. All right. And tell me a little bit about your reasoning for that top seven. Okay, Columbus, I think I like what they've done. Okay. They're I they're do too, they're a dark way. horse to mix things up. Darlington Nagby was a really, really good move. You know, Zella Ryan from Tigris, I think another solid player. Fernando Adi coming off the bench if Caleb Porter can Maybe keep him starting. interested. Who knows? Keep him on board in the locker room. Yeah, potentially starting, right? So there are some nice pieces here, and they already had a pretty darn good roster. You got Valenzuela coming back. I, I like this this team. Caleb Porter's won an MLS before. He's won a cup. Yeah, in right? Columbus. So as I, a I think they're going to be. Yeah, I think they're going to be pretty good. Um, I agree. And I was tempted to put them higher than fifth, like I did. Um, I decided to go with the Revs. That is a confident group. They returned pretty much all of their key pieces from last year. They added Adam Buxa, a new DP forward up top, Polish striker. Uh, have Gustavo Bull for a full season. Have Bruce Arena for a full season. Um, I think they have something good cooking up there. They're really confident. They're a little bit under the radar. I might be... I don't, I don't want to say biased. I was close to them last year because I lived in Boston and I saw them all the time and I got to know those guys a little bit. And, um, I'm pretty high on them. I'm not going to lie. That's a confident, confident group. Look, D- 
Bruce Arena knows he, he knows does. how to win in this league. I've got them in the playoffs for a reason. I still think they have some weaknesses in the roster. I'm a little bit worried about Gustavo Bo's health in this season long term. I think he's had some injury issues in the past. He's played on, on turf, turf before, though. He came from Tijuana, who have turf. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, even worse. It so is, but worse, it's not right? like it's new. It's not. It's not like it's new to him. So. I, I, again, I have them as a playoff team. I have them six. I think that's, you know, I think, you know, being in, you look at this Eastern Conference, once you get past three, four, I think it starts to get a little bit messy. Um, and even when you go deeper in, I, I've always felt like the East has been kind of a, a pile up after the top two spots yeah. the last couple of years. I mean, for me, through the, I, I have Red Bulls out of the playoffs. I mean, if you go eight, eight through, I have Philly, Orlando, Anyway, I have Philly yeah. seven, right? So I have Orlando, Toronto, Red Toronto, Bull, you have Chicago, Toronto Montreal, nine. Cincinnati. Explain that. I just think they are very dependent on their stars. If you look at the roster overall, they aren't that deep. Nine, and so neither to have is Michael LAFC, Bradley out. I, you know, but they're not deep in the sense that they have. They've gone and spent on younger players. We just don't know them as well. You know, no. If you're talking about Toronto FC with no Michael for for multiple months, with Josie's injury history, you know Piatti that they Pablo, signed Pablo also Piatti, has a long extended Pablo Piatti has an extended injury history. He's already had already has a muscle injury. He might miss the opener. I, I'm a little concerned about how DP heavy and dependent they are, and the fact that those guys all have injury either injury histories or injuries they're current That's currently fair. dealing with. I mean, with. you so, didn't mention Pozuelo. Bradley's not a DP anymore. Um, but no, that's that's fair. Um, I I happen to think they'll be healthy enough to to make the playoffs without too much trouble. So um, that's you know that's just me. My eight through thirteen in the East is Philly at eight, narrowly missing out to the Red Bulls. I have DC at nine. Um, I'm not a big believer in in United. Um, Montreal ten, Orlando eleven, Chicago twelve, and everyone's favorite Cincinnati at thirteen. Yeah, I like DC United's offseason, man. I like Flores. I like Assad. I think Gressel's going to help them. Obviously, losing um, Ariola hurts, and I I don't think they're done yet. I think they're going to add yeah, to their backline. Listen, which is the big I, I, like this right is now. one of those where I don't really have a great reason for it. I'm not going to lie to you. Like it's just there's always one or two teams every single year that don't click for whatever reason. And to me, I feel like Ariola is a large part of the heart and soul of that team and missing him for the entire season. I think it's just going to hurt. I think it's going to throw them off a little bit. I like their pieces too. I think they had a nice, nice off season. This isn't a slight on that. I just think for whatever reason, they're going to have a hard luck year and they're going to miss out. I mean, I think, so for in that vein, my two kind of controversial teams missing Toronto and Red Bull, you're kind of like teams that no explanation, not no explanation, but are missing. You have what, DC United and Philly? Yeah, I mean, Philly, I have eighth, so I have them narrowly missing. I think, like, on talent, that's not, like, a huge upset. I think it's probably fair to say that Philly's overachieved the last couple of years relative to their spend and and overall level of talent, and that's credit to Jim Curtin and Ernst Tanner and and everything that they have going on there. Um, I don't think that's a huge shock. I mean, you sort of said it like the middle of the East and the West, it's all jumbled up. The margins are really thin. You know, the difference between like fourth and ninth 
is is not that much like in either conference and i think particularly in the west as a matter of fact which we'll get to in a second um but yeah i i don't know uh i like the red bulls a little bit this year and that sounds weird because everyone is hating on their off season and i got it nycfc for not spending money red bull oh my god like what it, what is the end game with you guys i do not understand i mean that. i'm biased based on the reading your story about the red bulls like i read your story about the red bulls and i went i sold <laughs> yeah. my stock yeah you're that story has not published as of recording, but it'll be out probably Wednesday or Thursday. So look for that on the athletic, but I, I don't know, man, they're, they're into this whole addition by subtraction idea. And they think that the locker room is a lot better and, and they didn't come out and say the names, but I think we know who they're talking about. Kamar Lawrence and Michael Murillo. Um, but the, I mean, they have less talent than they did. I don't think there's really any disputing that, but the way that they play, it almost doesn't even matter, which is like, a crazy thing to say and it's like a very big statement on MLS. Oh, it, it does, does matter. it does matter when you it get to the matter, playoffs, though. right? And it's going to it's going to prevent matters, they're not, I'm matters, not saying they're going to win yeah. the supporter shield, but like when getting 7th in the East, like they're going to be together, they're going to fight really hard, they're going to be scrappy, they're going to play the Red Bull way, and commitment and togetherness matters more for them than I think it does for almost any other team in the league. You know what? And like I, I don't. I don't know. I'm just. Boy. I'm just in on it working just well enough to sneak them into the playoffs, which will be like their worst season in a decade, by the way. So it's not like I'm super high on these guys, but I do think they're going to do enough to sneak into the field. Here's the thing. There's two two things I want to say. First of all, maybe there will be a little bit of the Sam Stasco effect because you moved to Boston and New England made the playoffs, yeah, right? Moved, so moved to Chicago there might in be a little bit of that happening. Fire made the playoffs. You know, it's the Stasco bump. Right. So it's there the might be bump. that, but but it doesn't matter what system you play, you still need someone to score goals. Okay, and they don't have somebody that they can count on to be the. They didn't have that. Main but they didn't have that last year either. That's no diff- that's no different than yeah, last year. I just I do think it's different. I do think it is different to go into a season and have that knowledge, right? It was one thing it's one thing during the course of a season to say, okay, BWP is not gonna be here, he's injured, let's galvanize, let's do this by committee. To have gone through an entire offseason and ignored that problem, I think that has an impact on the locker room. Players aren't dumb. They're not naive. They understand that, by and large, that club has been mm-hmm. ignored mm-hmm. by Red no, you're Bull. You're 100% right. They and, do, they do and, understand and that. that. I think and that I think will have an impact. At least I think that and will it have might an wear on them over the course of the year. But the impact right now, having spoken to those guys in Arizona last week, the impact right now is that put a big chip on their shoulder. They're like, our own organization doesn't really believe in us or hasn't given us the resources that they've given their teams in Europe. And so we have to go out and do it on our own. And like, that's been a motivating factor for them. So I don't know, like that's, that's sort of why I'm buying into it, but I do think it's going to be a fascinating year, um, in New York. Uh, let's transition away from the East coast though. Let's, let's go to the West. Um, let's go, let's go back and forth. Ratatat again. Who's who you got? Number one. Let's do top three. I think that worked well. My top three, your top three. My top three, LAFC, Seattle, LA Galaxy. I have LAFC, LA Galaxy, Portland. Woo! I thought we were going to have the same top three. I did. Nah, Seattle's not a regular season team, man. That's a playoff team right there. Yeah, but third place feels like a natural, at least third. I have them second. At least third place, I I feel like a natural spot. I mean, I have fourth. It's not All right. right. Not too far. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a, I've got, okay, so you've got LAFC, 
LA Galaxy, Portland, Seattle. Mm-hmm. Who's your number five? Uh, my number five is Kansas City. Bounce back. Okay. Here. Okay. Perfect. So we're not that far off. So I go LAFC, Seattle, LA Galaxy, Sporting, Portland as my top five. Okay. So we have the same so teams the same in the top, top five. five. Yeah, we order. have the same top five. Yeah, so I think order. that's a good indication of these are the best five teams in the West, yes, right? Yes, and I agree. And I think there's a pretty clear line of separation, in fact, after number five. And 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 you go you go basically – I think you go from six to 11, and they're basically all the same. Yeah. Um, so who you got? Give me six and I think seven. I have some different opinions than you do. Well, yeah, no, but we're we're gonna we're gonna. I'm not saying we're gonna be the same. I'm saying the, the team six through no, eleven. No, no, no. I know what you're saying. I'm just interested yeah. now that we've said that six to eleven is a mess. That this is about. We're about to just demonstrate that in this podcast. Okay, so I have Dallas at six. Okay, I have Dallas at seven. Okay, I've got Minnesota at six. Okay, um, we are gonna demonstrate that we're different. Yeah. I have San Jose at seven. Okay, so you're San you're you're Dallas San Jose. I'm Minnesota Dallas. Colorado, San Jose for me. Okay. I have Houston RSL as 8-9. Man, you really are low on Minnesota. I am. I really am. I mean, but at the same time, man, the difference between Minnesota and Dallas to me is like minuscule. It's just like who gets hurt, right? Like who who has the lucky breaks this year and who doesn't? The normal things that you cannot control in sports that determine whether or not you, you kind of hit your ceiling or you hit your floor. Like that's like the difference between six and 11 to me in the West, it's like out of anyone's control. It's like, do you get the lucky breaks or do you not? Like, that's all it is to me. Um, so yeah, am I low on Minnesota? I am, but like, it's not, it's not like I'm the, I don't, I see them that differently than I see Dallas. So just, so just going through eight through 13, I've got Colorado, San Jose, RSL, Houston, Nashville, Vancouver. Okay. And you've got eight through 13 at Houston. RSL, Colorado, Minnesota, Vancouver, Nashville. Okay, so we're not that far off here, right? Like, I think we have we're 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 really just flipping seven, eight, eight, nine, somewhere in that range, pretty yeah. much the same. And and I I think it's going to be a close race there. I really do think it's going to be a mess after the top five. But I I think those five teams in that we we both have in the top are probably the best teams going into the season. Now, it's MLS. Things can happen. Injuries can happen. You know, the Galaxy, for example, I think are they've got great attacking pieces. I've talked to people who saw them this preseason, said they are a mess defensively. Yeah. You know, so if that – I think they can get that figured out. I think that's partly – I mean, they were were a mess defensively last year, and I think their attack is better this season. I think they're going to need some time to kind of figure – but, like, I I think those are the teams. So we're we're right right in the same neighborhood, which makes me feel good. Um, it makes <laughs> I, me feel I mean, like, it doesn't you know, make me feel any kind of way, Paul. It, but I'm glad that it, I'm like, glad that you're I, reassured. I, you know, I'm worried about your intelligence most of the time, and and wow. the fact that you're agreeing with me on so many different points, it just it speaks to the strength of you know our bond. And I mean, how shouldn't much that make I've, you worry about your intelligence if you're worried about mine? Then, no, I just it, think the more we've hung out, the the more you've you know you've elevated your game. Man, this you know, is I've a late night elevate. episode of allocation disorder. If you guys can't tell, um, We're getting a little loopy here. <laughs> talk, talk to me. Talk to me about Nashville. Why didn't you okay. pick them last? I, you know what? Okay. The funny thing is, when we get into the the next part of the conversation here, you'll know why. I think that they're they're not as bad of a roster. Certainly not as Cincinnati. 
I think they have some decent Different pieces. conference, by the way. I think that – no, I mean expansion roster last year to this year, right? Okay, all right. I like some of the pieces they've added. I think they are a forward away, a true number nine away from from throwing themselves into the mix to get into – not to get into the playoffs, but to get into that like eight, nine, ten spot versus 12, 13. They need it. They need a goal. Where are their goals going to come from? That's the question with this Nashville team. Where yeah, are their goals? A large from? question. I don't know. I see that. I can see this one spiraling, man. I don't think their roster is as bad as Cincinnati's was last season. I think the addition of Walker Zimmerman is important um, in a lot of different ways, and I think they have a little bit more defensive solidity than Cincinnati did, certainly. Um, but so does like pretty much every other team in league history. So low bar there. Um, but I just, I just don't have a ton of confidence i don't have any confidence really in their attack i've heard good things about hani mukhtar but who's he passing the ball to um and i just that one just sort of feels to me like if they get off to a bad start it could just kind of get a little out of control on them Um, well here's the big thing with expansion teams when they start to have attrition injuries call-ups that's where they get exposed. We spend so much time looking at the starting lineups of some of these teams and especially expansion teams. You see people putting graphics up. This is what this team's lineup looks. It, it, one through 11 is not an indicator of how good a team is going to be. I mean, obviously it's, it plays a role, but you have to look at the depth. And expansion teams never have They depth. don't really have Even the good depth. ones. And, and even here you look at you, – you start to get concerned around this midfield. Everyone looks at the starters – Passable starters, right? You look if at the attacking healthy, talent, Mukhtar, Leal, Akam. I mean, guys that can be successful. Akam has had a long injury history. Mukhtar, he's not been a consistent player across the life of his career, right? Where he's come to, where that he is, is now. Calm. You know, I mean, there there are these yeah, issues, Dombaji. right? So yeah, you start yeah. to lose these players who steps into the lineup. That's where you find your trouble, right? That's... Who who steps in? I don't know. I think Nashville have trouble out. one to eleven as well. But you know, well, whatever. if we talk <laughs> about our best offseason signing, which is the next part, we I think we both have the same number one. Well, I think- hold on before we get there, Paul. I need to interrupt you, and this is a special moment because it's our first ever ad read here on on allocation disorder, and it's a fun one, Paul, because we're advertising our own company, The Athletic. <laughs> Um, I wanted to take a moment to tell you more about the great things going on in the athletic. Did you know, Paul, that the athletic is home to 400 of the best sports writers in the world covering every major team in every major league, including major league soccer in the U S Canada and the UK. Did you know? I had a clue. I know of at least two very fantastic sports writers. Yeah. We're speaking of course of Pablo Moore and Meg Linehan. Um, no, but serious on a, on a serious note, um, you guys listening, if you are subscribers to the athletic, um, you enable us to do stupid things like this podcast and less stupid things like the articles we write online. Um, and hopefully you enjoy them. Hopefully you enjoy all the coverage we do. Um, and it's not just me and Paul, as we mentioned, we have a, we have a team of soccer colleagues, 
uh, on the website. Uh, Meg and Pablo are too, and Matt Pence and Jeff Reuter and Felipe Cardenas, and then you know a whole network of freelancers as well um, covering the game here in the U.S. There's a whole team in the U.K. covering the Premier League and some of the Championship and and other leagues in Europe. Um, and you know we like to think that we do a good job um, covering this stuff for you. Um, so. Please continue to support us, um, and thank you if you already do, and if you don't already. Um, what are you waiting for? Go see for yourself. You can have a free trial, um, and and then you know we're always running promos on annual subscriptions, um, but it's pretty cheap. It works out to about three bucks a month um, for new subscribers um, for a full year. So we think it's pretty good content, and I think if you uh, if you give it a try, you'll like it. You'll like it quite a lot. Um, so give us a go. If you like this show, you probably already know about it and uh, I won't bore you anymore with an ad read, but you know, um, we got through that. So, so let's, let's get back into MLS 2020 predictions and, and where you were going before I so rudely interrupted you with the best signing of the off season. Paul, what you got? I think we both have the same number one. I think it's safe. Yeah. 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 I it's think cheat so. Rito, right? it's cheat cheat Rito. Rito. But yeah. Because we both have the same and because it's obvious and obvious is not fun, we're both going to come up with our second best. And I think we agreed to make this a little bit of a curveball each, right, to think outside yeah. the box a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so here's an example of why I think Nashville can be decent. My, oh my, number, two, my number two is Rondo Leal, okay? Oh, you and your Costa Ricans. Okay, yes, he's cool. Costa Rican, but here's I'm going to give you a couple reasons why I think he's the best signing. He was cheap. One, he's Costa Rican. Well, number one, he's a Tico. And if you don't know, I am also a Tico. Okay? So I have a little bit of bias. I'll be honest <laughs> about that. But I also have a little bit more knowledge about Costa Rican players. And Randall Leal was the best player in Costa Rica last year. And at a time when that national team and that program has, I don't want to say a dearth of talent, but they're going through a transitional phase. It's a struggle. He is a very, very talented player who was extremely effective in the Costa Rican League, a league which, by the way, has been competitive against MLS teams, the best teams, Saprisa, who Leal played for. I think he's going to translate really, really well to this league. And he, he was signed for a very cheap price, in my opinion, when I found out what they bought him for, less than a million dollars, I couldn't believe it. Um, especially considering I know two MLS teams, among many, but two that had him on discovery for many, many months. Yeah, I just don't understand how that happened, if that was what the price was. Um, I, I think it was a really good signing, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people who don't know as much about him as I do from speaking to my family members in, in Costa Rica about about the Costa Rican League. So wow, those I, are some really sources right time. there. The Costa Rican cousins, um, not just the Costa Rican cousins. They're <laughs> among my sources in Costa Rica. <laughs> um, okay, I like it. I, you know, I think we're turning into an MLS hipster podcast pretty fast, which is like, man, that is a niche, huh? Um, but no, I, I, I like it. I like that it's a little bit of a deep cut. I'm gonna throw a little bit of a curveball at you as well, and it's not a signing from outside the league, and I think that's within the rules. But I'm gonna say Darlington Nagby in Columbus. 
Um, I'm really excited to see what he does for the crew and for Caleb Porter this year. I think he's a fantastic player. I, I think you would agree with me on that, Paul. Um, I think he's kind of the best connector in the league. And I think he's a guy who really thrives when he's in a situation like Atlanta where he isn't asked to carry the load. But he's a little bit older now. Maybe he's ready to, to, to sort of make that lift for the crew. He's going to play in the middle. As a center midfielder, I saw him in preseason. He looked fantastic, but preseason, you know, grain of salt. Um, we both believe that the crew is is going to be a lot better this season, and I think pretty much the main reason for that is going to be Darlington Nagby. And I'm, I think, I think he's going to have a best eleven caliber season. Um, and I'm really, I'm just really excited to see if he can take on a bigger role for his club team than he has ever before, and a little bit more of a leadership role, not in terms of being vocal or. or bossing guys around, but a leadership role on the field, um, and really become the focal point for a good team, um, in a way that maybe he hasn't before. Um, so that's, that's mine. It's a trade. So it's cheating a little bit. No, I like it, but you know what? I'm just going to take this moment to just have a quick little, uh, what do they call it? Like, uh, uh, public announcement. What, what, what's public the service announcement? Public service PSA? No, PSA. Yeah. Thank you. And and this PSA is just in response to a couple of the tweets I've seen after our last show. Sam and I, like, I would say, Sam, I don't know if this is an accurate statement for you. I would say I probably report, like, 25 to 30% of what I know, right? Like, there's so much more information that you get in the course of doing our job that just doesn't see the light of day as part of doing the sure. job and won't, sure. right? And yeah. sometimes we hint at that information, and I think this podcast is probably going to lead to a few more of those hints. But I can promise you we don't have an agenda on the show. We're not trying to use anything to well, push I mean, our own except narratives. For, except for Coast, when it comes to Costa Rica. Well, yeah, besides promoting Costa Rican players in Major League Soccer. Uh, outside of that specific agenda, you know, I and and also the, the secondary agenda of listening to Sam do ad reads, besides those two agendas <laughs> – there, we really don't care. We don't. We don't have narratives. There's nothing that we gain from that. So, last week we talked about Nagby, and as one of the guys who left Atlanta, I can promise you we weren't trying to push an agenda there. There was, you know, there there was a long process to get him to Columbus, and it started in the preseason of 2019. And I just wanted to put that out there that you know I promise you when we say something, we're not grouping him in with the departures in Atlanta randomly. He fit. Um, he fit that discussion. Yeah, and so I'm just gonna just gonna leave it at that. That's that's well said. You biased hack. Um, okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on uh, to our to our final subject here, uh, and that is the best and worst betting odds for MLS Cup. This is a little bit new. We might come back to to this some at some point. In it's a recur- our first recurring segment. We can't right? really say it's recurring if it hasn't recurred yet, but it, you know, it might be recurring later on. Never bet MLS. That's the name of the segment. We'll we'll come up with a jingle and everything. Maybe, we'll oh, a jingle. maybe always bet MLS. I don't know. I feel like if you're in the know, you can make some money on this league, I, man. I totally agree. And we're going to get into that right now. Okay, so some of these odds, Paul, are a little bit ridiculous. So I'm just going to run through a few, okay? LAFC have the best odds, right? I, this, I think is this, is, this is for MLS Cup winning MLS. This is for MLS Cup. And where did you pull these from again so I can give proper credit? Bovada. These are from Bovada, our friends in the desert. Um, so LAFC are plus 350, and unless I'm a total idiot, I believe that means if you – 
put a hundred bucks down, you win three three fifty. If LAFC win MLS Cup, Atlanta five fifty, Seattle seven hundred, NYCFC eight hundred, Toronto nine hundred, LA Galaxy one thousand. I don't think any of those are huge surprises, but one after that. Now we're going to get a little shaky, right? New York Red Bulls next sixteen hundred, Minnesota eighteen hundred, RSL eighteen hundred, Montreal two thousand. What are what's going on here? And then if you go kind of towards the other end of the spectrum, um, and I'm going to skip over a few teams. You have Portland looking pretty good at plus twenty eight, uh, Sporting Kansas City City at plus three 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 three. Um, so maybe some decent action there. Dallas plus 4,000. Paul, what, what do you like and what do you hate? All right. My, my best bet here is I, I like, and I think you can get this from our previews earlier. I like Columbus at plus 3,300. I think that's, that's a good bet to make. Um, their neighbor, their neighbor to the north here and the odds, I think might be your pick here, but I like Columbus at 3,300. I think they're going to surprise some teams. Um, if you look at the the favorites, very obvious there, LAFC, Atlanta. By the way, I don't think those are bad odds. LAFC and Atlanta, plus 350, plus 550 to win MLS no. Cup. I think no. that's a pretty good bet, um, especially LAFC. Even as a favorite, I think those are decent odds. Uh, but Columbus at plus 3,300, if you're looking for a, a dog, I think that I think that's a good bet right there. Wow, look at you talking about dogs. Love it. Uh, I do like Portland at 28. Um, I think if I had to pick one bet – um, that's the one that I would make. Uh, Columbus, as you mentioned, Kansas City, um, at 33-33, I think is a pretty, pretty good shout. You know, if Pulido gets rolling, maybe they could make some noise. Um, so I like that one. Um, in terms of worst, uh, there are a few on here. And they're pretty much, I mean, just say back to back to back to back, maybe, with the Red Bulls, Minnesota, RSL, Montreal. Um, I don't think either of us believe any of those four teams have even the slightest chance of winning MLS Cup. Yeah, I, I mean, this I is believe, where we get to look dumb, I, right? I, I this believe is the clip. Yeah, no, I know. But I think they're eighth through 11th in, in the odds. So those, stay away from that. Yeah, not a fan of Red Bull 1600 plus 1600, Minnesota plus 1800, RSL plus 1800, Montreal plus 2000, probably the worst of those. Yeah, I would I would stay away from those four teams. Yeah, and also Cincinnati plus sixty six hundred. Um, <laughs> you need longer odds. Yeah, of course not... Cincinnati. I mean, there's only so much they can do. Maybe they get galvanized by the whole Ranyan situation. If you're I, betting Cincinnati plus sixty six hundred, you deserve what you, you have. Serious, you have serious problems. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think on that note, if you've made it through this entire podcast, you might have serious problems as well. But thank you for listening. <laughs> I think that's it for us for this week. Enjoy the games this weekend. MLS is back. It's going to be fun. It's going to be dumb. It's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be our little league of choice. And and we love it for better or for worse. So enjoy the games. Thanks again for listening. I'm Sam. That's Paul signing off for the night.